church leaders, welcome to the CEO Pastor Podcast. My name is Cindy, and I am your host for today's episode. My goal is to provide the management expertise every church leader needs to produce the ministry experience every church leader wants. We'll skip the jargon and cliches and focus on ideas that will help you accomplish the church's mission in your unique ministry context. Ready? Let's go. today's episode, we're going to be talking about ways to incentivize the people who are working in your organization, whether they're volunteers or paid staff. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking two different types of motivation. The first type of motivation is extrinsic. So that's motivation that comes from outside. And that's the thing that we think of most often when we think of motivation and rewards. Usually if you're in a paid position, you get money or more vacation time or more time off or more flexible hours or something like that. And that's a great way to motivate people, especially if they need those things. So the different ways of motivation externally, extrinsically, that I can think of for a ministry organization is to give people gifts. Like if somebody's been going above and beyond, sometimes it's nice to give them a gift card for a coffee house or for a restaurant you know that they like, just to kind of say thank you for everything that you've been doing. Another way that some people might like to be rewarded is quality time with you as the leader. Some people really, really want to have access to their leaders and to be able to talk to them and tell them their ideas and to just hang out with them and get to know them. There's a gentleman that I work with at the office. He loves to come in and just tell me stories and tell me the things that he's been doing out as he's been working throughout the day. And I like to spend that time with him because I know that motivates him to do the job that he's doing. And he likes to tell me all the things that he's accomplished. And that gives me an opportunity to say that he's doing a great job and that I'm appreciative of those things. And he also likes to tell me stories and make me laugh. And sometimes he'll even bring in things that he's made. He likes to cook and he'll bring in things that I've made and he wants me to try those things and tell him what I think of it. And usually what he's made is very, very good. So it's pretty easy way to reward somebody for what they've been doing in your organization is just to spend a little bit of time with them. Quality time where you're actually paying attention and taking the opportunity to get to know that person and what their likes and dislikes are and the things that they're thinking about and the things that they're experiencing in their day-to-day life outside of your organization. Some people also appreciate words of affirmation, which I've just mentioned. When this gentleman comes into the office and he tells me all the things that he's been doing that day and all the conversations he's been having with people, then I get the opportunity to tell him, oh yeah, that was a good thing that you said that or did that because we were wondering if we were going to get around to that or whatever it happens to be. And some people really light up when it comes to words of affirmation. Some people like to be praised privately because they get embarrassed if somebody makes a big time about them in public. And some people actually want to be praised publicly because they, they like to know that the whole group appreciates and acknowledges what they've been doing for the group. Another way that you can motivate people with extrinsic motivation is by allowing them to do different jobs or take on different roles in your organization. I mentioned in the last podcast episode that some people, they just want to do the one thing that they like and they are good at. But some people really get motivated by doing different things. They get bored doing the same thing all the time. They want to try 
other things. So if you give them the opportunity to try all of the different roles in an area of your organization or even move them from one area of your organization to another, that can be a great motivator for them so they don't get tired and burnt out from doing the same thing over and over and they get to experience a different aspect of your organization. Another way that some people get motivated is learning opportunities. Some people just love to learn new things, love to experience new things, love to have the opportunity to try different things. And that can be a big motivation for somebody who really wants to improve on their skills, especially when you think about younger people. A lot of the times, younger people, and I remember these days, have a problem getting a job because people say you don't have any experience. And my thing was always, well, how do I get experience if I am not allowed to have a job because you don't think I have enough experience? So this is a great opportunity for you to give those young people a boost by allowing them to try different things in your ministry and learn the skills and knowledge that they'll need to apply elsewhere. Because a lot of things, as I mentioned in the last episode, especially those soft skills of how to deal with people, how to communicate, how to be organized, and how to make sure that things are planned out properly. All those type of things are those soft skills that can be applied in many different areas. And younger people especially will be appreciative of the opportunity to practice those skills so that they can say to potential employers, I know how to do all of these things because I've been doing them in this context. And you can contact this particular person that I've been working with and they can tell you exactly how I've been doing and what I've been doing and that will give them a boost in the workforce. So all of those things are extrinsic motivation, things that come from outside to motivate people to do the tasks and the role in your organization. But the best way to motivate people is with intrinsic motivation things that come from inside them that they want to have and that if those things can become part of what they experience as they're doing their job, not as a result of doing their job, like you did this and therefore you get that, but more as I'm going about the work that I'm doing day to day or the things that I'm doing in this particular role, I automatically get this motivation from within these things that I get while I'm doing my role will motivate me to continue. And there's five main things, I'm sure there's other things, but there's five main things that everyone universally as humans are looking for in what they do in their day-to-day lives. And if you can find ways to incorporate these things into the tasks and roles that you have in your organization, then that will likely motivate the people in those roles to want to continue to come back and perform well and do the things that need to be done to move the organization forward. So one of the things that everyone needs is a sense of meaning, to feel like what they're doing is actually important and is moving things ahead. So people want to have a clear vision of where they're going and understand how the things that they're doing, the work that they're doing, is connected to that vision. And that's why when I started this podcast, I went through the strategy map where you develop that vision and develop a clear picture of how different roles and different aspects of your organization move that vision forward. Because if people are just working along and don't feel like they're really accomplishing anything because they don't know why they're doing it and where they're going in the long run, it becomes very discouraging and people aren't finding meaning in the things that they're doing. And eventually they will 
just kind of drop off and they won't be motivated to continue. And another way that you can invoke meaning in people as they're doing their role is to give them whole tasks. So think of the assembly line. If you're on an assembly line and all you're doing is screwing the same screw in the same place day after day after day, eventually you're not going to find a whole lot of meaning in that because you're doing the same thing, but you're not getting an idea of what you're making as a whole. You're not getting to experience the satisfaction of seeing an entire thing be created and accomplished. So if you can give the people who are working in your organization whole tasks where they get to see and participate in developing something from start to finish, that usually will give people a greater sense of meaning in what they're doing because they get to see the final result of what they've been working on instead of just doing one little teeny tiny aspect of that thing. A lot of the times in ministry situations, just because of constraints in resources and people, most of the time you will have people working on whole tasks where they're doing something from one end to the other. But sometimes there'll be some roles in your organization that if you really think about them, they're only working on a very small piece. So if you can give that person the opportunity to at least see, if not participate in working on the entire thing from one end to the other, then that will usually help them stay motivated over the long run. The second thing that every human needs to have in order to remain motivated is choice. And choice is that empowerment that they can decide how to do their job. They can decide what they need in order to do their job. They can decide when they can do their job. Like the more opportunities that you can give people to have choice in how they're doing their particular role, that gives them more control over that role and makes them more invested in what they're doing and motivates them to continue. So a big part of giving people choice is giving them the information that they need in order to make the decisions in how they're doing their role. If you have knowledge silos, which is just a fancy way of saying one or two people or a group holds all of the information and doesn't share it with everybody else, then that doesn't give people opportunity to understand what they're doing and to use that information to make better decisions about how they go about doing what they do. So if you give that people that information, it shows that you trust them, which is another aspect of choice. If you don't trust your people, you don't feel like you can give them the choices, the power to decide how to go about doing what they're doing. So if you're not allowing them to make those decisions, and especially if you're not giving them information that they need to make those decisions, it shows that you don't trust the people that you're working with. And the information is not the only thing that they need. They also need to be able to understand the information. So sometimes information will come out from an organization and people don't really understand it. It's in a language they don't understand or if it's financial information or data they don't know how to look at it properly or they think they know how but then they realize after they made a few decisions that they don't actually know how to because they've made some bad decisions based on a misplaced understanding so if you take the time to give them the understanding then that will make their decisions even better and they'll be able to make those choices that they need to make to accomplish things well. And the last thing in this particular umbrella of choice is to give people the security to know that when they make decisions and choices about how they're doing things in their role, that they're not going to get pounced on if something goes wrong or if 
they miss something or they make a wrong decision because there'll be lots of times where you can give people the best information, a thorough understanding of how to use that information. You can show them that you trust them and allow them to make their decisions in their role, but because of unforeseen circumstances or information that you just didn't have, they will make mistakes or they will go ahead and do things and it doesn't turn out the way it really should have. So you need to give your people the security of knowing that when they make decisions, you're going to trust them to make the decisions and then you're not going to come down on them if for one reason or another they don't make the correct decision and something goes wrong. And the third thing that people need for this intrinsic motivation, this motivation from within, is a feeling of competence. If you're in a role and you don't feel confident in what you're doing and feel like you have a sweet clue what's going on, you're not going to be very motivated to continue in that role because you'll constantly feel like, I don't know what I'm doing and I shouldn't be in this role. And then eventually you'll get frustrated and want to leave because no one wants to feel like they don't know what's going on. So to give your people a feeling of competence, you need to provide them with knowledge. That's why we talked about the development options in our last episode. You need to give them the opportunities to develop their knowledge and their skills. You need to challenge them and give them the skills to meet that challenge because if you're not being challenged in your role, you're just doing the same thing every day and eventually that will become very boring. So you need to challenge them to reach new heights, to improve their skills, to be a big part of moving the organization forward or at least that part of the organization forward to fulfill the vision for the organization as a whole. You need to hold your people to high standards. Now, some people would say that you hold people to high standards, they don't like that, but it depends on how you do it. If you're going to be a jerk about it, then no, you don't want to be holding people to high standards. But if people know that you're expecting them to do a job and do it well, then that will motivate them to do that job well, especially if they know that they're going to get feedback on what they're doing and to be recognized for the job that they do when they do it well. And a good thing about holding people to high standards too is when they know that you expect high standards of your people, then eventually it will become a habit for them to expect high standards of themselves in every area of their life. So they'll feel more and more competent as they move throughout their every day, not just when they're working in your organization, but when they're out doing their day-to-day thing. And you can give them help to give them that confidence that they can do the things that they're trying to accomplish in all aspects of their life. The fourth thing that everybody needs in order to feel motivated is relatedness. They need to have a sense of belonging and connection and collaboration in the roles that they're doing in your organization. If you go to somebody on your team and you have an issue that you need help with and they're not willing to collaborate with you on that issue, if they're withholding information, if they're not willing to help you out, then that's discouraging to people and that's demotivating. You don't want that kind of a situation to happen. You want people to be free and happy to collaborate with each other and to provide each other with the things that they need in order to accomplish the things in their role. And to know that one role isn't in opposition to another role. To know that everyone is going in the same direction and that if I do a certain thing, it's not going to mess up what this person's doing over here. So it's not just within a team, it's within the organization as a whole, the different teams as a whole. It's very demotivating when you always feel like you're competing with other people. Some people think that that's motivating 
and it can be depending on the situation but if you make it the thing then if you're always on the losing end then you just say okay I'm just gonna give up so you either just going through the motions or you just say I'm done and if you can give people a feeling of belonging and connection when they're in their role then that's a great way to motivate people too. connection through I know that my work affects this person or this department So if I don't do my job well, then they're going to have difficulty down the road. Or connection even just through creating friendships and relationships with the people that they work with and feeling that belonging that they have with a group of people that they know have their back and are moving in the same direction as them and that they're not going to be ostracized from them or bullied or kind of put out in the cold if they make a mistake or if they're a little bit different or if they're doing things that don't quite fit the mold. You want people to feel like they belong to your organization and to the team that they're working with, and that will motivate them to move forward and to do the things that you need them to do in order to accomplish your vision for your organization. And the fifth thing and the last thing that people need when they're being intrinsic intrinsically motivated to do something is a feeling of progress because if you're working on something you never feel like you're getting ahead then that's not a great thing to be feeling it's like if you're trying to get out of debt and you never feel like you are able to get out of debt no matter how much you save because you just keep having things come up and you just keep spending money on these emergencies and you're like I have to take all this money that I normally would save or that I would pay down on my debt and I can't apply it to those things because I have to deal with this emergency like my washing machine broke or whatever and you never seem to get ahead if people don't have that sense of progress with their role then they're much more likely to give up one of the ways that people can have an understanding of progress is to have an access to their customers the people that they're serving whether it's people internally in your organization So, for example, you might have somebody who's doing finance and they're not dealing with people outside your organization, but they have access to the different people working within your organization so that they can have an understanding of what they do affects how those people are able to do their job. So if they are not doing their job well or if they let things fall through the cracks, it affects other people. So being able to access the customers and ask them what they can do to help them move forward or to see the results of what you've been doing if you've been working on a particular project as a finance person. If you can see that that project has increased the revenue or saved on costs, usually is what happens, then you can say, okay, we can now take that savings that we have and apply it to this area of ministry and then you can see how that area of ministry is flourishing because now they have those extra financial resources. So if you can give people access to the people that they're serving and help them see the results of their work, how it's helping those people, then that's a way of them being able to measure progress. Another thing is to have measures and milestones. And we talked about that a lot in the strategy map. If you don't have ways of measuring if, in fact, you're making progress or if you don't say, okay, we're trying to hit this milestone, this particular point in a project or point in in something that we're trying to do. If you don't have those things established, then it's much more difficult to see that progress. An analogy that you'll hear a lot is if you're trying to lose weight, it's a lot harder for you because you're seeing yourself every day to see where you're 
improving. But if you haven't seen somebody for a long time and then you meet them after you've been working really hard and eating well and exercising and you see them and they just are so excited about all the improvements that you've made in your health and they can visibly see that and they make comments on it, then you can say, oh, I see that I've been doing well. But a better way to do it so you don't get discouraged along the way is to not necessarily weigh yourself because as we know, muscle weighs more than fat. A better way to do it is to use a tape measure. And if you're trying to get stronger arms, then measure your arms and see if they're getting bigger. If you're trying to get stronger legs, measure your legs, see if they're getting bigger. If you're trying to just be stronger overall, say I'm lifting 10 pounds last week and now I can do 12 pounds. I'm sure that's an exaggeration, but you know what I mean? If you record your progress so that you can see three weeks ago, I was only able to do 10 of those and now I can do 15. You can see I'm actually moving ahead because over time you won't realize exactly how far you've come if you're not measuring it and trying to meet certain milestones. And another thing that I think sometimes we don't do as well as we should, and I include myself in this, is actually celebrating when a big goal has been accomplished. Celebrating coming to the end of a program or celebrating coming to the end of an event that you've been planning and working towards especially if it's one of those things that only happens once or twice a year. It's kind of a bit of a letdown when you've been working towards something and you finally have it and you see it actually come to be, like if you're organizing a conference or something like that, and then the whole thing is over, you clean up and you go home. That's a bit of a letdown. Try to think of some ways that you can celebrate what you've been doing. Maybe after the event is over, bring all the volunteers and the people who've been working so hard to make that event a reality, bring them together and have a little thank you party or a meal or something with them so that they have that sense of completion of that event and that they can celebrate their success in actually getting that thing off the ground and even just celebrating the little things. It doesn't have to be big celebrations, but like if you've been working towards something and you see that you're actually making progress, especially with your measures and your milestones, when you actually hit a certain measure or see that you've been making progress, just have a little celebration and acknowledgement of what's going on, the things that you've been seeing happening. And that way it gives you something to look forward to when you hit those particular milestones or you see that you're making progress on the things that you're measuring in order to have a record of your progress. If you can say, when we have 15 people coming to this event instead of just 10, we'll have a party or we'll have a pizza together or whatever. Like just come up with something and it doesn't have to be a big thing, especially if it's a smaller thing that you're celebrating, but just think of ways that you can get excited about the things that are happening because that injects a little bit of that unexpected into what you're doing and when you include that it's very motivating to people so that they know we've made progress and we're marking that progress by doing something a little bit out of the ordinary together a little bit different and also if people know that when you hit a certain milestone then a particular celebration is going to happen then it pushes them on to actually hit that milestone because they want the celebration so I would encourage you first to figure out the extrinsic motivators for the people in your team 
the things that come from the outside that motivate your team. And a good way to figure that out is by trying different things with your team members if you're not doing it already and see what it is that lights them up. So for example, if you give somebody a little gift card when they do something out of the ordinary, gauge their reaction. And if they have like a big reaction to that and are just totally surprised, then you can kind of file that away in your memory bank. This person likes little gifts and little surprises. If somebody's always hanging around you and trying to spend time with you, that's a pretty good way to figure out, this person wants my time. I need to spend quality time with this person in order to motivate them. And another thing that I would encourage you to do is to pinpoint how the different roles in your organization provide the extrinsic motivation that we discussed, the meaning, the choice, competence, progress, and relatedness, and try to build on the things that are already there. And if you find things that are missing, like, for example, the celebrations, then try Try to add those things in so that you have that fullness of the things that are available to motivate people internally and to make them continue to do their job and to do it well. So on our next episode, we're going to discuss performance evaluation for organizations. And it's not just necessarily the entire organization. It can be departments or different areas that are within your organization but we're going to talk about how to look at how well those things are operating as a whole. And that can give you some clues as to how to plan for better performance in the future or how to fix things that are affecting your performance now. So I look forward to discussing those things with you on our next episode. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of CEO Passion Podcast. I hope you discovered an idea that you can apply in your unique ministry context. Head over to CEOPastor.com for more resources and meet up with me and other church leaders on social media for further discussion. Any questions or suggestions? Email me at podcast at CEOPastor.com. And don't forget to share, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast to help spread the word that managing ministry better makes ministry better.